Blog Talk Radio. This is Kathleen Harrison, and you're tuned in to Eye on the Inner World with your host, Lady Fontaine. We have a wonderful show for you this evening. I'm glad you are here tonight to learn how to create the life you've always wanted, and here to guide you on this path of enlightenment is none other than Lady Fontaine. Thank you, Kathleen. I am Lady Fontaine. Today is Sunday, November 15th, and this is a special edition of Lady Fontaine's Eye on the Future. Last Wednesday, we introduced A Course in Miracles, and today, with my co-host Kathleen feeling slightly better, we're going to go into a little bit more detail with this material. Today will be an informal discussion, and at the end of the show, we will be taking calls from listeners on today's topic only. The dial-in number is 646-381-4141. Okay, before we get started, I have several announcements. For those interested in a private reading or coaching session with me, please visit my website at ladyfontaine.com for more information or to schedule an appointment with me. To contact Kathleen or myself or any of our guests, please visit my show page here on blogtalkradio.com for details. Um, A couple of weeks ago on our November 4th show with Jackie Barrett, apparently Blog Talk Radio had some technical difficulties When I listened to the on-demand episode, it was full of static. So first I want to apologize for the sound quality, and I did report it to Blog Talk Radio, and they did inform me that um, they have resolved whatever issues were going on. So to be on the safe side, we also upgraded some of our audio equipment at our end, but hopefully today's show and all subsequent shows um, will have better sound quality than that particular episode. All right, um, I I want everyone to understand something because we're going to be making some very significant changes to this show. So it's important that you listen and understand exactly what we're doing. Let it be known that first and foremost, I do listen to your requests because we're completely restructuring the format of the Lady Fontaine Show. Beginning the first week in December, the Lady Fontaine Show will be focused predominantly on psychics, psychic phenomenon, and the paranormal and related topics. I will give on-air predictions, I'll be taking more of your calls, and we're going to be having a variety of guests and topics related to psychics, psychic phenomenon, and the paranormal. All of the self-help stuff and the topics related to inner growth, inner awareness, enlightenment, and other spiritual topics such as we're discussing today will be discussed on the Kate Billingsley Show, which will also be hosted by Kathleen and myself here on Blog Talk Radio. We have not worked out the exact schedule for the shows yet, so please mark both shows as a favorite so you will automatically be notified when a show is scheduled. We will also have show schedules available on my Blog Talk Radio uh, show page in the next couple of weeks. Those of you that follow me on Twitter will also be automatically notified when I schedule a show and a reminder goes out before the show airs. All right, this is important. Beginning the first week in December, we're going to be moving our show from Wednesday night to Tuesday night. It will be um, broadcast at the same time, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, but beginning the first week in December, which is December 1st, we're going to be broadcasting on Tuesday evenings at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so please mark your calendars. Um, We're also going to be taking a few weeks off, so our next Lady Fontaine show will actually be on Tuesday, December 1st at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will be talking about psychic readings, and we're going to be discussing such things um, as how to get the best psychic reading, how to know if a psychic's claims are legitimate, um, what you can do before a, a reading to get the best reading, how much is too much to spend for a psychic reading, and lots more. We'll also be discussing how time frames factor into psychic readings and how free choice changes or affects your reading. So please tune in on Tuesday, December 1st at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for that show. All right, lastly, I am thrilled to announce that psychic medium Jackie Barrett, star of Medium P.I., will be returning to the Lady Fontaine show on Tuesday, December 8th at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
For those who listened in a couple of weeks ago when Jackie was on our show, you heard her talk about many of her experiences on America's Psychic Challenge, and you heard about some of her current projects. Jackie has many new ventures underway, so we want to talk to her more about her new A&E TV show, Medium PI, and discuss some of her other interests. We're also planning to speak about seances and how she performs them, so be sure to tune in. And listen, if you have any questions you'd like to ask Jackie, now these are not psychic questions, but you know, if you've ever wondered about how she does things or if you have any questions about any of the shows that she's done or any questions pertaining to how she does her psychic readings or anything about Jackie at all, please email those questions to me at info at We will be selecting the best of these questions and we will be asking them live to Jackie here on the Lady Fontaine Show on December 8th at 11 p.m. So be sure to tune in for that show. Don't miss it. All right. I think that is it for the announcements today. So let's turn our attention to this week's guest. And our topic for today is A Course in Miracles. We are delighted to welcome Dr. Peter Hunt to our show. I have known Pete for about eight or nine years. Pete has been my chiropractor and friend, you know, all of that, that time. Through the years, Pete and I have had many discussions about spirituality and inner growth and inner transformation. Pete is a dedicated student of A Course in Miracles, and that is why I invited him on our show this e- today to share his views on this course material. This is also a favorite topic of Kathleen, so I am personally looking forward to today's show myself, and hopefully I'll be learning more about A Course in Miracles. We will be taking calls at the end of the show. We welcome you to call in to ask Pete and or Kathleen questions about A Course in Miracles. Our number is 646-381-4141. So on that note, I want to give a warm welcome to Dr. Peter Hunt. Thank you very much, Lady Fontaine, and thank you for having me today. Oh, it's our pleasure. Um, All right, I'm anxious to get started um, today. And I guess the first question I want to ask, and Pete, I want to direct this to you, is can you explain to our, our listeners what is A Course in Miracles? A Course in Miracles, its design is a, a book in, in, in mind training, and the, the actual premise of it is they call it a foundation for inner peace, and that's peace of mind throughout whatever the world may have to uh, hand us or offer us. So it's basically a foundation for inner peace. That's the design of the book and of okay. the course itself. Okay, and and how did A Course in Miracles come into being? Pete, can you answer that first? And then Kathleen, can you throw in um, any additional information if you have it? Yes. Well, Course in Miracles started in the late 1960s. It was a result of a collaboration between two clinical psychologists at the University of Columbia in New York City. Uh, They were involved in a highly competitive, highly uh, highly unsettling and angry uh, medical setting. And it was just very unsettling and very upsetting for everybody involved. And one day, Bill Thetford, who was the clinical director, stood up in a meeting and said, I'm just tired of the anger and the bitterness, and we have to learn to coexist more peacefully. There has to be another way that we can do this, and I am determined to find a way to do this. Elizabeth Schuchman, one of her colleagues, immediately stood up, which, as she said later, was very uncharacteristic of her, and said, I agree 100%. I, would li- I will help you find the answer. And that was the beginning of, of what the Holy Spirit called when two people come together in his name, then that's when miracles start to occur. Uh, <clears throat> Elizabeth Schuchman went through a period of a couple months where she had some very, very vivid dreams, and as she called her magic period, which she was able to do some amazing predictions, which were, which were very uncharacteristic of her. And then they abruptly came to an end of this, as his voice started to come through, to her that she initially found very unsettling. And then in October of 1965, this voice kept bugging her and would not let her rest. And as a clinical psychologist, she feared that she was losing her mind. So in the middle of the night, she called her colleague, Bill Thetford, and said, this voice is bugging me to take down this this information. What should I do? He said, well, just take down the information in the shorthand that you normally use in your clinical setting. We'll look at it tomorrow. And if it is a, if it makes sense, then we'll continue going. If it's just gibberish, we'll throw it out and not worry about it. And what she took down the first night was a very brief paragraph that says, this is a course in miracles. It is a required course. Only the time you take it is voluntary. 
free will does not mean that you can establish the curriculum. It only means that you can elect what you want to take at a given time. The course does not aim at teaching the meaning of love, for that is beyond what can be taught. It does aim, however, at removing the blocks to the awareness of love's presence, which is your natural inheritance. The opposite of love is fear, but is what is all-encompassing can have no opposite. The course can therefore be summed up very simply in this way. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. And that began a seven-year process of her taking down the dictation, or her taking, taking the words in and writing down in shorthand, and Bill Thetford writing it out longhand. And that was the beginning of the process. Wow. Wow. Um, and I find that especially interesting um, since my background is in psychology as well. Um, I've always been spiritual and always open to this, but I can imagine a clinical psychiatrist. Um, and, and she was a psychiatrist or psychologist? Psychologist. Okay. Working in a medical still, setting at the University yeah, of Columbia. Yeah, I mean, still, that's got to be. I mean, can you imagine hearing those voices and, and um, not really understanding fully at that point? Especially you know, what when the, was going on. Especially when the voice itself claimed to be the historical Jesus. Right. I mean, that's unbelievable. Um, Kathleen, before we go on, do you have anything to add to that? Well, Pete pretty pretty much summed up, uh, you know, the the background in which I would give. I still get the goosebumps every time I I read that uh, yeah. how the course began. I mean, it it just gives me chills. I know it's it's an amazing concept. I mean, I can't even you know, comprehend it. I mean, as a psychic and as somebody who's been involved in channeling most of my life, um, you know, I keep sending out the message, hello, is there anybody there that, you know, wants to come through? And here's somebody who was really blocked and, and not open to it at all to be getting such profound writings. I find that absolutely amazing. It's very interesting because at a later time, uh, Helen Schuchman described herself as a militant atheist. Yes. Interesting. <laughs> That's really interesting. Which makes it even um, more interesting. Yeah, it does, without a doubt. I mean, I, I can't even comprehend what she was really thinking and feeling when, when this material came through. And then when they made the concerted effort to just allow the information to come through. I mean, I wonder how different life would have been for her if she tried to block it, if she could have blocked it. Well, thankfully well, she I did. Think that ha yeah. Helen did say at some point that it was a very uncomfortable experience um, in the earlier stages that she wasn't comfortable with it because of her atheistic views. I can imagine that, that she wasn't. And there were many times that she tried to stop it and would ignore the voice, but she said when she did that, she wouldn't be able to sleep and became very agitated okay, until so she that's relented. The answer. Yeah, and right, she could, so that's and she the could, answer. She could turn it yeah, on and off whenever she wanted to. Wow. No, but that's the answer to what I was saying before. So, in essence, she would not have been able to block it. I mean, it was, it was destiny for, for that material to come through her at that point. She felt that, she said later that she felt that she had made this agreement to do this at mm. some, some previous time that she wasn't aware of. Right. I have the chills when you said that. So, obviously, for me, that's validation that that's true. So, so Pete, what actually led you to A Course in Miracles? Well, in 1998, I first got the Course in Miracles. In 1995, I started consciously on my spiritual path. In 1998, I, I got the book. I didn't really understand it at all, and I ended up giving it away. A few years ago, I picked it up again and read most of it, and I thought I understood it, gave it away again. And then last fall, I was going through a period that was, that was very un unsettling. Uh, I was very agitated, and nothing seemed to be working in my normal skills that I had learned didn't seem to be working. So very briefly I had a, a conversation one, one time here by myself, and I wasn't saying to anybody in particular, okay, obviously what I think I know isn't working. So I'm just wiping the slate clean, and I'm saying I know absolutely nothing. So whatever I need to know, whatever it is that I need to be shown, please show me because I'm open to it. If it's organized religion, fine. Whatever it is, just please come and show me what it is that I need to know because it's because I'm not going to continue. I can't continue to live uh, with this inner turmoil. And about a week later, a patient at work showed up and he had mentioned this book called The Disappearance of the Universe. That was he had said about a Course in Miracles. And so I went out about a week later and got the book, and that's when everything changed. 
And and that was when was that? That was about the end of September of 2008. Mm. And and Kathleen, what what actually led you to a course in miracles? Well, uh, I think Pete and I kind of have a similar story in the fact that um, I actually was reading a book uh, entitled A Return to Love uh, by Marianne Williamson, who some people may or may not be familiar with. Um, and that book, as a woman, uh, that book really resonated with me. Um, it, was a, it was really the catalyst for me um, reading A Course in Miracles. Uh, there was a quote in that book that um, I think would do no justice to to the Course in Miracles if I if I didn't read this particular quote to the listeners, and um, this is what really catapulted me forward into uh, wanting to delve into the Course. Uh, the the quote is, "Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure." It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is in us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. And that was the quote that Marianne Williamson had in her book that sent chills up my spine. And, you know, like I said, the book as a woman just really resonated with me and I went right out and decided I'm going to study this course. Well, that quote to me, you talk about chills, you know, up and down your spine. I, from the from the first sentence, I was experiencing that fear, and I absolutely love that quote. Um, I definitely I'm going to put that on my website. I mean, that's I, I I think that that says it all. I mean, you know, okay, end of show because that in essence says it all. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I could pick apart every sentence and and we could make a whole show out of just that quote in and of itself. But You're right. yeah, it's, it's that, pretty powerful. It is. And that's unfortunately, you know, through um, through the structure of this society, um, you know, we're told as children so many things that we can't do and we shouldn't do and who we're not that we start believing it and that becomes our our basis for these false truths that troops that really, you know, kind of sabotage our self-esteem. And that I believe is, I mean, so on point to basically say that, you know, what we're really afraid of is our glory, is our power, our strength, our ultimate beauty. And, and, and that's, oh, wow. <laughs> Please send me that Kathleen. I, I think that's absolutely awesome. Yes, I will. And, you know, we might be able to, to post it on the site for other people that, that want to read it or, what have you. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think that down the road we should consider doing a show just based on that, and maybe we can get, um, you know, somebody um, to join us on that particular show. But yeah, my, story with, and my story with The Course in Miracles is I, I had the book for a million years. I mean, I probably had it for as long as it's been out. Well, not well. When did it come out? In what year? 75. Okay. Well, I had that original, I think it was the sen- second uh, printing that I got, and it's been sitting in my house for that long. I mean, I've been drawn towards spirituality and um, actually psychology since I was 10 years old. I was reading my brother's book on psychology. Um, he was, you know, six years older than me, and he was on his way into college, and I was reading all his college psychology books. But um, for me, I wasn't ready to read it. I picked up that book a dozen times. I could not get past the first page. Um, to me, when I tried to read it, it was like reading the Bible, and I just, every time I, I had the urge to read it and see what it was all about, I wasn't ready at that point to read something that didn't read like a book, it read like the Bible. And I find the interesting part of that was that last night, um, Pete, Kathleen, and I were having a conversation, and I picked up the book, A Course in Miracles, and I went to chapter one, page one, 
And you know something? Suddenly it didn't read as a Bible anymore. It read as a story to me, which I find I have the chills just saying that because I'm just totally amazed with it. But for me, I um, was going through some challenging times in um, 2007, the end of 2007. So I um, picked up the book, and this time I read it, even though it was my perception of the book at that point was that it was still in the Bible. It was like reading a Bible. And um, it took me about six months to read the book, and um, I truly felt, just the way Kathleen felt, um, that that book really resonated within her and that that book was, um, Kathleen has mentioned to me offline that, that she felt that book was really written about her. As I was reading A Course in Miracles, I felt that book was written for me. I felt there, were, there was one person in this world, me and Source, and, and that's all there was. And truly, that's all there is. But that was my perception as I was reading it. Um, and it really, truly resonated within me. And I know after, after reading A Course in Miracles, and I only read the text portion of the book, I never got to really read much of the workbook or the, um, the, the what is it? The, manual the, for teachers. Manual, yeah. I don't think I ever even looked at that. I, I sort of skipped through sections of the, the workbook, but I never really went through it the way I perhaps could have and perhaps will at some point. But, um, you know, for me, it, I, afterwards, I, I know I sort of incorporated some of the teachings of A Course in Miracles in what I teach, but I walked away from A Course in Miracles in March or April or May of 2008, and this is my first time really looking at it again, and it's something that I've said to, to Pete and Kathleen, that it resonates within me so much, and I cannot believe that the discussions that Kathleen, Pete, and I have had on this topic um, is so much what I teach. So I, I'm struggling with did what I teach change after A Course in Miracles, or was I always teaching this? And I just intuitively knew it. I don't have the answer for that, but either way, for me right now, I feel the time is right for A Course in Miracles. So moving on. <laughs> um, this is for both you, uh, both Kathleen and Pete. So just jump in um, and, and tell me what your feelings are in this. But how is A Course in Miracles different from other spiritual teachings? We'll let Kathleen, we'll let ladies go first. Kathleen? Ye yes, I think we had a technical uh, difficulty. I, I couldn't, I lost you for a second there, Jill. I apologize. Oh, okay. Okay, not a problem. Did you hear the question? No, it cut out. Okay. Um, how is A Course in Miracles different from other spiritual teachings? Well, you know, I thought about that question when we talked about it last night. And uh, I, you know, Jill, I've discussed this with you before. Um, and there's obviously um, differences in, in anything, uh, any any kind of uh spiritual teaching, I, I find that um, I myself personally, for my, for my, own, um, my own spiritual walk, I, I would like to say that um, I think that the ideas are presented differently, um, although I think that the goal uh, for everyone is really the same in life, that I'm you know, that uninterrupted happiness, I think that we all um, seek or, or strive for. Um, I, I, I believe that each person, you know, w whatever it is that they're, they're learning about or that they're, um, they're seeking and where they're seeking it, I think the goal is still the same. Um, I just think what changes it is, uh, you know, what you decide to follow. So with that being said, um, I particularly resonate with The Course in Miracles because it is a practical application of love, healing, and forgiveness. And I don't think it really gets uh, any easier than that. What do you think, Pete? Well, <clears throat> well for me, it's, it's a very, very simple, not easy, but very simple, practical approach to identifying the problem identifying the solution, and then giving a, a way to achieve that solution. And 
identifying the problem with the, with the problem being one not in the body, but the problem being in the mind, perceiving it as being separate and apart from everything and everybody else, primarily its source, God, whatever term you would like to use, and seeing the solution to that as, as true forgiveness, which will lead us home. And as been said before, this is really a this is really a journey without distance because we are already home to begin with. And as that beginning couple sentences of of the first night of dictation went when it's when it when it basically when it basically said nothing real can be threatened, nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. Realizing that we never left home, we've always been there. We just think we're somewhere else. So it's the course is, course allows us to very simply and with very very <clears throat> with some very practical steps wake up and basically realize that we're home and the course also says too which i like as well that it doesn't say it is the way it is a way and the course is, is designed to save time and so it just cuts right through the heart of the matter and for me gives a very practical solution to the uh, to the problem um, you know, I want to ask the, the same question that I started this show with because I, I feel at this stage we're going to get a different answer. Because if I was a listener and I had no exposure to A Course in Miracles, I feel we've, we've given such a forward to this, to this book. I mean, we've, we've given a prologue. We've, we've introduced what it can do and how it, you know, basically how it can do it. But I, if I were, if this was my first exposure to it, I wouldn't understand what the teachings are of A Course in Miracles. Okay. So let me ask the question again. What is A Course in Miracles? And I want to know really what it is. Does that make sense? Sure. Is it okay if I answer, Kathleen? Yep. Go ahead, oh, Pete. Okay. <clears throat> what A Course in Miracles is, like I said, to go past the foundation for inner peace, what it identifies, it identifies the problem. The, the problem is thinking that we are separated and split off from God, from split our, from our source, and which produces guilt. Now, with that guilt, this subconscious guilt, which is, the course, outlines it similar to, like, the tip of an iceberg showing above the water, and the entire, the entire body of guilt lies behind the water, that, underneath the water, that we're not really aware of. And this guilt now is so extreme that we now have made up this world of separation, this world of bodies, this world of illusions, as the Course would call it. So we can project now, project that guilt onto, onto other people. And so with this going on, this continues to be a continual cycle of, of the belief in sin that we are separated from God, the belief in and now this subconscious guilt that we try to get rid of by projecting it onto other people. And But what the Course talks about is in that three, that that very brief three-sentence thing at the beginning when it says nothing real can be threatened, meaning only, only God and God's creations are real, which means they are divine love, they are divine, they are eternal, they are immortal, and they are perfect. Everything in the physical world certainly is not that way. So as the Course speaks, everything that we think of in the physical world is now an illusion because it is not of God, it is not of heaven. It is our creation or miscreation, as the Course would call it, to, <clears throat> to try to overcome and try to hide away from our, from our guilt, from thinking that we are separate from God, our source. Now, so I, I would throw in there, um, I would throw in there, let's talk about the Course's um, use of the word atonement, um, where basically, um, if we look at atonement in the Bible, mm-hmm. um, we're looking at you know, that the sacrifice that um, was made on the cross for our sins, um, the, that atoning sacrifice, like in the biblical sense. Um, but in the Course, they're saying that's meaningless, that that atonement is now, they the Course refers to atonement as correcting the belief that you're separate from God and that you're not separate, but that, you're that people still think people still believe that they're separate, but the course is saying that um, that that's not the truth. That that's that that the atonement um, that people walk around thinking that that their their atonement is not yet completed because they have to 
you know, suffer almost in the name of this their sin. And I, I think that um, I think that really the course is trying to say, you know, God God is in us. We're we're one with God. That's and that there isn't that separateness. And when you create a division between yourself and and God, um, that's where the that's where the the sin takes over, and people, you know, they don't have that oneness that he keeps talking about. Right, and there's two things I want to say about that. One is separation. I mean, this is one of the the, the most prominent issues that I see with any of my clients. And, and with for me, when I hear separation or when I'm working on, uh, with coaching with any of my clients, I'm seeing separation in manifested in feeling lonely, feeling unmotivated, feeling lost, um, not only with guilt. I mean, maybe guilt is somehow the underlying, um, you know, cause there, but the feelings, and I want, you know, I want to say, I, I especially wanted to say that because I want the people out there to know that the, that sense of something being off kilter, that sense of being lost and not knowing what they want to do in life or feeling unfulfilled or feeling empty has nothing to do with not having the right job or not having the right car or house or anything of that nature. That separation or that, that sense of lack or not having something or emptiness that we feel inside is due to the separation from God or oneness. And and that that I feel is a very, very important thing. But my question to both of you is, okay, so we're aware that we have these um these manifestations in this illusion that we're living on a day to day basis, which feels like it's happening to all of us. So how do we bring it back and how do we reconnect with source and how do we how do we not have all these illusions that we're having of all this stuff happening in our lives that we don't want? Well, the course outlines a very basic, uh, very basic premise for that, and that's through the forgiveness as the course outlines it, and as Jesus in the Course in Miracles talks about that, which is very different from what many people have been brought up to believe that forgiveness is. Exactly, because they so what, believe what does it say? because they still see that separateness between themselves and God, but what what needs to happen is to know we don't need anything from God because each person, our true nature is God. Mm-hmm. Which, so la- how do we which lacks nothing. So then how do we, you said that we forgive in the wrong way. What is the right way to forgive? Because well, I know forgiveness is a big, big chunk of what the Course in Miracles teaches. Oh, absolutely. And that's that's actually, that's lights the path home. Mm-hmm. And the course, and the way that we have been taught to forgive is that we see somebody else outside of us as being very real. We see what somebody did to us as being very real. So forgiveness, as we have been taught, says, well, okay, now I will be the better person. I will elevate myself above you, and I will be, I will be more loving, I will be more spiritual than you, and I will forgive you, which may sound like it may give some temporary salvation, but it really accomplishes nothing because it buries that belief in sin and guilt and that you were wronged deeper, and it just continues to pile up in the subconscious. Now, what the Course does, since it says that everything in the physical world, everything that is, that is outside of God and his kingdom does not exist, <clears throat> when I see somebody, somebody doesn't matter who it is, regardless of what they did, that person now is the symbol of my subconscious guilt. Now, if that person does, does something, it doesn't matter what it is. They don't have to do anything. Since they are a symbol of my subconscious guilt, I am now going to forgive them, meaning I am going to forgive them not for what they, I thought they did, but for what they did not do. And by doing this, that releases, that releases the belief in guilt that I have projected onto them, and it releases that to the Holy Spirit, which is the part of my mind that is still home with God or attached to God and it releases that to the Holy Spirit for healing. And it also allows me to now start to see that person, not with my body's eyes, but with my mind eyes, as, as they truly are, as Kathleen said, the Son of God. So, so let's just look at this in practical terms. Using what you just said, let's assume that I've got an issue going on in my life, and I'm very um, angry or resentful about some, somebody or something. How do I apply what you just said to my life? 
well, once again, just realize what that actually is. It comes right back to what Kathleen had talked about before. It's the belief in sin, the belief that we are separate, and that is where <clears throat> that is where that that is where the fear comes from. We are projecting it onto somebody else. It doesn't matter who it is, a parent, love. It doesn't matter who it is, um, and we are projecting it onto somebody else. When we see, when we feel somebody else has wronged us in some way bring it back home, bring it back inside, and it's like, okay, what is this This person's, person is showing me that I have unresolved guilt that needs to be taken care of. And as the Course talks about, it talks about it through the forgiveness, not through forgiveness of what the other person did, but through the forgiveness of what we thought the person did. Well, okay. or, or what the person did not do, in other words. Okay, so so... What I teach is your outer world is a reflection of what's going on inside of us. Mm -hmm. So basically what you just said is, to paraphrase it, if you're angry with someone, that's because we're angry at ourselves. So who do I forgive in that situation? You forgive, the other, forgive, you forgive, the, forgive other the other person. I forgive the other person, not myself. Because, because, as the Course says, because there is only one. There is nobody else outside of us, and that's the other tricky part there. <gasps> oh, so forgiving them, you in essence forgive yourself. Right. And, oh because, wow! Woo. <laughs> well, that as, one did it for me. Well, as well as Ken Wapnick said, who's the, he's the greatest living expert on the course, as he said in one of his books, Jesus can only count the one. Oh wow, that also says it all. So, so something else that you said though about who to forgive or who not to forgive. I think a quote that we had talked about last night, and I and I, if I'm saying it wrong, one of you please jump in. But I believe what it was was forgive your brother for what they have not done to you rather for what they have done to you, right? Is that correct? Yes. So what they ha so you're forgiving for what they haven't done rather than what they have done. How do we apply that? I'm mad at somebody because they didn't call me at the time they said they were going to call. So what am I forgiving them for in practical terms? Once again, you're forgiving them for what they did not do because they did, not, they did nothing because they do not exist. Right, because so we are I'm not because we are not a okay. body. So it goes back into to basically it being what I tell my clients is these are clues. Everything mm. in life is a clue. Don't get stuck on the clue because the clue is going to take you back home. And or we the talked about this. Go ahead. Or as, the old, or as the old expression goes, the other person isn't doing anything to us or doing something for us. Exactly, because we talked about this last night when mm -hmm. I was trying to think of an example, and I said, okay, I'm angry at somebody, and then Pete, you said just, well, oh, I'm sure, you, you know, whatever your words were, and I said, okay, plain, plain and simple terms, I'm angry with my father, and then you said, I said, so how do I work through this, because basically I have a technique that I teach people, and in essence, um, it was very, very similar, because it, everything that is somehow out, I'm, I'm, I'm perceiving as being out there that I'm angry at, in essence, is really stuff that's going on inside of me that I'm angry at. So the way this technique differs than what I teach is ultimately forgiving them. And again, this bit for what they did or what they didn't do, I guess it, that's just semantics because you're forgiving them. Can we use that as just forgiving them? Um, because if we forgive them, in essence, we're forgiving them for what they didn't do, because in essence, that's just an illusion. It's just a, um, a figment of our imagination. It's a, right. it's and, a in that way, and, and in that way, we're forgiven. Right, got it. Oh, this is powerful stuff. I absolutely love this. Kathleen, do you have anything to add to this? Um, well, the one thing I just wanted to say is that you have to remember, when you have an unforgiving thought, it's, it's a judgment. Um, against against that person. Ooh. So, so Ooh, um, that's powerful because I'm I'm one. Don't, don't be and, judgmental and stuff. That's awesome. Well, God. also, and if you, oh, and I, and I think that it's important to remember why you're forgiving someone for what they did not do, because if you say to someone, "Well, I'm forgiving you for what you did to me," you're mm -hmm. still putting a judgment on that person. And like Pete said, you're you're saying, okay, well, I forgive you. Oh, you know, I'm going to be the better person. I'm going to be the bigger person to say, oh, um, I forgive you for what you've done to me, which still makes you the wrong one and me the right one, which goes back to the ego, which, you know, is, I think, you know, another part of um, 
what the Course in Miracles, you know, talks about. But it, it's just that, you know, going back to that being right and being wrong or being better than. Um, so I think that's what's really important about that statement about forgiving them for what they have not done because you've created that in your mind. Um, it's it's almost, you know, we've said like a mirror. So Bingo. And that's, that, really what, that's what I would add. Right. And, you know, each one of these these phrases and sentences and, and paragraphs we're, we're talking about is a show within itself because there's so many questions that I have, and I'm sure that the listeners have as well, on, on really what it means and how it applies to, you know, our individual situations. I mean, I, 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 I was very drawn in with when you said that's actually a judgment, and then when you were talking about it, Kathleen, I actually felt it being a limitation. So I guess, in essence, that's part of the ego's, you know, structure of, of limiting us by limiting our, our sense of what's going on outside of us. Um, I, I know, like you have said, Kathleen, that ego is such an important element of A Course in Miracles. And, again, I know that uh, we could probably do 15 shows on ego and not even touch, you know, the, the first you know, level of really what ego is. But could, could you sort of paraphrase for us um, how A Course in Miracles deals with the concept of, it, of the ego? Uh, Pete, do you, do you want to go ahead and go first, or did sure. you want me to yeah. take that? Okay. Oh, no, sure. No, I don't mind talking, obviously. Um, <laughs> well, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to step on your toes. You are our guest today, so <laughs> well, I well, figure thanks. I can. I can just add add my two cents. And and, and vice versa. Obviously, that's what we're here for. Right. Um, no, the, according to the course, which is different from the from what we have normally been thought of as being the ego. What the course talks about as being the ego is there's a right mind and a wrong mind. The right mind is the mind that is one, home with one with God, home never left, and that's where we are right now. The wrong mind is is what the what the course calls the egoic mind, which is it thinks it is separate from God, it thinks it is sin, it, belie- it has a belief in sin, now a belief in guilt, and it has projected this this belief in guilt and this belief in sin onto all these other bodies now that it that it thinks it sees around them. So now it has a convenient place to uh to project its guilt everything that is not of god is of the ego which is the wrong mind thinking it is separate and living in in constant fear so how does the average person who perhaps hasn't isn't a student of a course in miracles how would they uh, sort of determine when they're they're in an ego place you know, what, 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 could you could you sort of put that in practical terms? Well, once once again, anything in the phys- anything that we that we think of or see as of being in the physical world, that's the ego, okay, and and, and we and we all think we're living there, uh, or else we wouldn't be here having this discussion. We mm-hmm. all think we're living there, and uh, so the ego, even though it's not real, it's very well entrenched, and we've had eons of doing this over and over again in various forms, and even though the ego may not be real, it seems to be very, very real to all of us. So every time um, I'm dealing with an issue of, um, you know, uh, job issue or money issue or love issue, it's all that's all being r- driven by the ego. Everything is – now, even if, like, we meet somebody that we think, oh, this is a great person and we fall in love with this other person, that's ego as well. Good. Good. It, okay. it doesn't have to be good or bad. Anything that is within the physical realm is a projection of guilt, which is ego. Okay. Well, you know, there's a quote uh, in A Course in Miracles. One of the one of the quotes that I had jotted down through my um, studies of the Course where it says, the ego tries to exploit uh, all situations into forms of praise for itself and in order to overcome its, its doubts, I believe. Mm. Um, and and that always resonated with me. Um, I, to me, that's this. The section on the ego was um, something that I still like to go back to and and relearn. Um, or one of its primary fears is, is its fear of being discovered. Exactly. So, but could you can you read that quote again? And and can we again talk about that in practical terms? So, what was the quote again? It's the ego tries to 
all situations into forms of praise uh, for itself in order to overcome its doubts. So in essence, what does that mean? Um, well, I guess basically it's saying that uh, every, everyone tries to, everyone makes an ego, I guess, or a self for him or herself. Does that make sense? Well, we imagine our we imagine you know ourselves as what we see in the mirror every day, right? That's our so, so identification: we, man, woman, whatever right. race, gender, or what you know, whatever we happen to to think we are. And we also make egos for other people mm-hmm. as we perceive it. Does does that make sense to you, also, Jill? Well, that, I guess my question is because based on your quote, is it basically saying that the ego likes all the praise and all the um, being patted on the back? Um, because lack of that would be fear of somehow it being discovered or not as powerful as it is. That That's part of it. Um, that, like you said, we could do 15 shows on the ego. But, I, I right. mean, of course, when people think ego, I think they tend to think in that direction of, um, you know, that the ego wants to be, or what I had said earlier about the ego wanting to be right or wanting, you know, wanting to be, the better person, like Pete said, oh, let me forgive you, I'm the better person, you know, uh, that kind of thing. But, again, it goes right back to the fact that that's why we need to forgive people for what they have not done because that's mm-hmm. the exactly that part about the ego. That's how we've created what we're looking at. So it really isn't the other person. It's our, you know, it's our ego. Right. Right. It's ourselves. I mean, it's always a reflection. And that's that's the most important message. And I feel in A Course in Miracles and also in what I teach. Well, once again, the the course also says regarding the ego, where it says the ego at its best is is uh, is suspicious at its worst. It's vicious. So at at its very best, it can be suspicious at its very worst. That's the most extreme forms of viciousness that we that we see in the world. Mm. Absolutely, I that that's that's I like that statement. I really do. That's it's very true. You know, in in previous conversations that the three of us have had on a course in miracles, <clears throat> um, Kathleen, you yourself said one of the most important, and and it might be something that you're even going to talk about in a minute, but I'm I'm going to bring it up now. Um, you, you mentioned to me last night that you feel a course in miracles sort of works in very practical terms. So I want to take some of this concept of being very practical and and sort of somehow incorporate it into this next question that I have, which is how do we apply all this to our day-to-day lives? I mean, you know, there are people out there with health issues, so they need some sort of healing. There's people there out there with love and financial issues. Um, how do we how do we apply all of these teachings and understandings practically? to apply to our daily life and be able to heal ourselves. Pete, you want to start with that? Oh, sure. Well, the course the course says that the Holy Spirit which once again is the the part of our mind that is that is not that is always home and is it is one with God meets us where we are. And part of the, the one of the the big things that we need to do which I did last year is realizing that our way of of seeing things, our thought system doesn't work. It never did, but realizing that it's it's not going to work for our overall peace of mind and for our true happiness and and quite literally asking for help, not for physical help, but for divine help. And then that's where we will start to receive guidance in the form that we are ready to receive. And that's that's one of the biggest starts to me. The biggest start right there, okay, is realizing um, that there's help available and asking for it. Right, right. Is there any way, any particular way in asking? Well, what I did last year is just saying, okay, obviously my thought and belief system isn't working, uh, and realizing that it never really did work. Well, it didn't work at all, and so. Asking, I wasn't saying it to anybody in particular, but now I understand it would have been Jesus and the Holy Spirit coming through and saying, okay, you want some answers, you want some help, here you go. It was just a little bit of willingness. So really, anytime anybody asks for anything, there is someone listening. 
Oh, absolutely, absolutely. There's. Eh, I'm just looking for it in the back of here. <clears throat> I'm just going into the back of this one particular part here, where it says, "In every difficulty, all distress, and each perplexity, Christ calls to you and gently says, My brother, choose again.' Or when any situation arises which tempts me to become disturbed, just say, There is another way of looking at, looking at this, which is very true." I actually have that also written down uh, where it says, you know, when you make a choice and uh, to say, my brother, choose again. Um, I, I've always uh, liked that small blurb from, from the book. I actually have that written down also, Pete. So, so when my please. mind is not at peace, when I am worried or upset, I have chosen, I have chosen wrongly, but I can choose again. And, and what would the right, I don't mean to use a judgmental term, but what would be another choice to get a person to uh, a better place with less turmoil and, and, and hurt and aggravation or pain? I choose to think with the Holy Spirit. And how do we do that? Exactly, just as, just as I said, it's like I choose, I choose to think as the Holy Spirit thinks. And oh. That, and, 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 and that's it. Very simple. I just got it. <laughs> well, oh, do you remember God. the do you remember the quote or we, when we had our conversation about Mother Teresa? And mm-hmm. I I think I think that that that's kind of well suited for what Pete just said about I choose to think um, I, I choose to think like the Holy Spirit. And I I don't remember the exact quote. And maybe well, Pete, Pete can Pete can it? say yeah. it again. Well, and then it goes back to what we talked about before, where the Course says it is not the way, as we all discussed last night. If anybody says they have the only way home, then do not walk, but run as fast as you can in the other direction. But it's, it has a way. And now Mother Teresa, they talked about her in this one book as finally reaching the period where she, does, where she is now fully and completely at home now, and there's no more reason for, he, for her to reincarnate or be in physical form anymore and it was a quote that I remember reading a few years ago and they talked about it in Gary Renard's second book The Gentleman Who Wrote The Disappearance of the Universe where somebody asked her how can you work in India in the poorest parts of the world with the dirtiest, sickest most disgusting examples of, of human life that could possibly be and she said behind each distress, distressing disguise I see the face, the shining face of Christ in every person, knowing that God loves them and they, that they are forgiven. And that is uh, the whole goal right. of the Course. And she made it. She made it through Catholicism. But mm. she made it, and that's what the, course, what the Course's goal is, you know, in a nutshell. Wow. I mean, that is it in a nutshell. Um, we only have a few more minutes, and I, and I really recognize that, you know, we can only do like a, the tip of the iceberg in any one-hour show. But um, I, I know I'm going to want to have other shows and other discussions on this course material because I, I honestly, for me, it resonates within me, and I feel it really is the answer to everything. It truly is. But I have one closing question, and I know we can't do it um, tremendous justice in today's show, but if we can just, um, Pete, in a brief overview anyhow, um, if you can just tell the listeners you know, in a couple sentences, what really is the message of A Course in Miracles? For me, the message of A Course in Miracles is that every single person is, is, is a part of a love, a peace, a joy that is absolutely incomprehensible and indescribable at this point where, where we are right now. This, that is what we truly are and that is what we truly, truly always have been, is this incredible love, peace, and joy, and happiness that is beyond description, beyond anything that we could ever possibly imagine. That is what we are, and that is what the Course help us, helps us awaken to. Mm. Um, Kathleen, do you have any closing words or, or, or thoughts that you want to share with us on the message in A Course in Miracles? Well, you know, I, I really like um, the way that, that Pete um, sums that up in the, in the end. Um, Really, the quote that I had read to you earlier—that's to me—that's um, that's my final answer. That's my, you know, that that would be if I could leave that. Um, Go ahead. You know, 
Oh, well, I, do you want me to read it yeah, again read it to again. you? Well, I feel it was uh, very powerful. Okay. Um, well, first of all, it's it's in the book um, written by Marianne Williamson, uh, Return to Love. Um, and so if anyone wants to look that up, I want them to know where they can... Uh, where they can find it, um, and it's uh, it's from a principle from a course in, in miracles, um, and uh, hopefully uh, for anyone out there who who may need some type of material just to kind of catapult them, they could maybe look up the information uh, that Pete gave them, or possibly even this book, but. Um, the the quote is, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We are born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. You know, from... from both what you have said, Kathleen, and, and what we've discussed today, what Pete, how you summarized it, what's jumping out most at me and resonating most with me is that quote you gave um, a few minutes ago, Pete, when you said, I don't remember it exactly, but, you know, if you make, if you make one choice, you know, you, and it isn't the right choice, you could choose again. Choose again. And um, I, what I'm really getting out of that is when I do coaching sessions, um, I often, if somebody's really, really blocked, I'll often say to them um, that, you know, if Jesus Christ or whoever you feel is the highest, you know, master, whoever you can most identify with, if they appeared in front of you with outstre- outstretched arms and, you know, gave to you whatever it is that you're looking for, inner peace, love, um, sense of whatever it is, um, I realized when you read that quote that I am that great high you know, master, I'm one with them, and I have that power within me. So for me, that's the greatest gift and the greatest lesson and the greatest message of A Course in Miracles. Absolutely. Well, we're coming to the end of today's session, and I I really appreciate so much, um, Pete, you being with us, Kathleen, you also being with us and sharing with us um, your thoughts and your understanding of the Course in Miracles. Um, I feel it's a phenomenal topic, and I would really invite having, you know, future discussions on A Course in Miracles. Pete, we would love to have you back if you would consider returning another time down the road and, you know, picking up where we left off and having even a more in-depth discussion on A Course in Miracles. So we hope you would be open to that possibility. Absolutely. Great. And um, I, again, I want to thank both uh, Kathleen Harrison, my co-host, Dr. Peter Hunt, um, my good friend and chiropractor, for spending um, this hour with us on Sunday morning and giving up a piece of their weekend to share um, their understandings and their, their knowledge of A Course in Miracles. I want to remind everybody that we're going to be off for a couple weeks and we're going to be returning on Tuesday, December 1st, um, 2009 at 11 p.m. And our topic is going to be all about psychic reading. So be sure to join us on Tuesday, December 1st. And also, don't forget that on Tuesday, December 8th, we're having the return of Jackie Barrett, um, star of Medium PI, and also um, was the runner-up on America's Psychic Talent. So we look forward to seeing you back here in a couple of weeks. Um, we wish you a very happy Thanksgiving and a happy holiday season. Have a wonderful day, and thank you all for listening. Blessings. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.